Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Public. Thank you so much for joining me here today. There is a lot going on in the news, so we're going to kind of do a news roundup, a couple of headlines that I am watching and just paying attention to here at Church Public, because what we want to do is help you understand what is going on in this current world, so current events, from a Christian perspective. What does it mean to not only follow after Jesus, but live out your faith in this world? And that is becoming, I think, increasingly more difficult as we go through this crazy world and this crazy season. So we'll just touch on a few topics, some headlines that are pointing to things that the culture is going through. And as we do that, we'll reference some biblical truth. Also, at the end, we'll just do a quick Bible, uh, kind of a Bible moment. That's what I'm going to call it at this moment. Anyway, so my name is Matt Odegaard. Thank you for choosing Church Public. Let's get started. All right, welcome to Church Public. If you haven't already, go to the subscribe button and the like button and the share button and hit all of those buttons and send it to everyone you know because I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help you here. I'm trying to help you understand what this world is like and how we live in it. And we have come to a place. We are at a fork in the road. Maybe we've passed a fork in the road where you can either be a follower of Jesus or you can be a follower of culture. Really, Jesus said that from the very beginning. He said, follow me. He didn't say follow culture. He gave a choice, and there is a choice, and we still have a choice, and we need to make that choice. The time has passed where you can sit on the sidelines and just let culture fly by. We, we are past that point. You, you've got to make a determination where you're going to go. I want to try to help you through that. I want to try to help you understand some of the things that are going on in this world so that you can understand how to react, how to respond, how to live. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to follow me. In fact, I don't want you to. I want you to turn to your scriptures. I want to. I want you to follow after Jesus. I just want to help you understand that more. I've studied a bunch of scriptures. Uh, I have looked at a bunch of different issues, and I'll just provide the best information I have. I might not even be always right, but I'm just trying to follow God and be faithful as much as I can, and I want to pass that on to you. That really is the form of discipleship that we're doing through here. So a couple of things going on in the news. Of course, first, we've got to get to Ukraine. There's a lot to say here, and I may do a whole episode on Ukraine at some point. There are a lot of people who have come out to be experts in Ukraine that had never even heard of Ukraine before, and I don't want to jump into that pit. What I want to say is, the bottom line really, is that war is always to be avoided at all costs, if possible. War is always a a literal living hell for those that are going through it, and this time is no exception. And you must know that there's a crazy amount of propaganda on both sides of this conflict. And it's not a super simple conflict. It's another one where there's hundreds of years of history in between these two areas and a lot is happening. And in terms of the propaganda, I mean, you literally are seeing all kinds of crazy things happening on on both sides, like video games being posted as actual war footage. That happened. Um, And a bunch of other things. I'm not going to go through them all. You've probably seen a bunch of them. However, this is the point that I want to make. If a madman who cares not for the value of human life is indiscriminately killing and threatening civilians like Putin is doing to women, children, and civilians alike, bombing hospitals, bombing residential areas with un, uh, with 
without any precision at all and just killing whomever is in the way of what he's doing, that is reprehensible in every possible way. We need to pray for the people that are affected by this, and it is terrible, and it is tragic, and we need to especially pray for the Christians. Ukraine has one of the largest Baptist populations, one of the largest Orthodox populations, uh, and we need to pray for them. This is a, it's a big time, it's a big important uh, point that we really have to focus in on praying for those that are affected by this. I'm seeing a lot of videos and reports of Christians standing up to this, standing up through this. Those are the things we want to pray for. We are not guaranteed today. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. The only thing we are guaranteed is a relationship with God if we follow after Jesus and uh, and eternity with him. That's really the only thing. And so suffering is part of life, but it is tragic, and we need to pray that people keep their faith through this and maybe, maybe even come to faith through this, which is is kind of impossible to think about in our modern terms. But if you see pictures of the churches there, if you watch how they are standing strong in the faith, refusing to leave the place, refusing to be tormented by the fear of this tyrannical madman, you can see that people really are are focusing on God, and that's what we want to pray for, for deliverance and just that they will seek after God and, and that maybe through this even, people will come to rely on God more. So we'll pray for those things. All right, another headline that I'm watching is this Don't Say Gay Bill, which again is a title given by the media, the politicians, the opponents to it. I'm going to I'm going to keep saying this is is driving people insane. Like it literally is driving people insane. And the bill, you can go and read it. It doesn't ever use the term gay. Go and read it. Uh, DeSantis, I think, is doing a really good job of pushing back against this. This bill is about removing and banning the sexual indoctrination of around five to nine-year-olds. Keep that in mind, five to nine-year-olds. Keep in mind, there is a side in this that is aggressively pursuing the sexual indoctrination of five to nine-year-olds. And they're livid that they won't get to do it in this one area, maybe in this one state, maybe of the 50 states. This is a terrible bill, and you should not allow the sexual indoctrination of your five to nine-year-olds in any context whatsoever. Again, putting this in other contexts, if this was in the church, for instance, and church officials were indoctrinating sexually five to nine-year-olds, they would go to jail. But for some reason, when teachers do it, it's it's freedom it's saving lives like these are the these are the moral words that they're putting onto it so go and read this bill for yourself don't take my word for it go and read this bill for yourself and see if i'm wrong this is what the bill says but one thing that the left and the democrats are really good at is marketing i can say that for sure they're good at words they're good at marketing we need to be better at words we need to be better at saying no words do matter, and it does make a difference if you're telling the truth or telling a lie. In this case, the don't say gay bill is a lie, period. That's not what it says. That's not even what it does. And what we want is to avoid and protect our kids. So I think that's that's a really big point, and it's all over the place. It's all over the news, and we need to pay attention to what is going on, and we need to investigate what is truth and what is a lie, because there's a side to this that just wants to keep lying. 
and they do want your kids. And they've said it out loud specifically, so as I say all the time, if people tell you what they're going to do, believe them. That's what they want to do. All right, we're going to check in on Adidas. And I'm going to keep saying Adidas. I know that you're out there screaming at your device saying, no, it's Adidas. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold my ground on this. I think I'm right. It's Adidas. Again, I had some friends um, that spoke other languages. And so when I was first introduced to it, it was Adidas. And I just stuck with that too. And I'm going to go with that being correct. But if you weren't convinced by the last, you can go back to churchpublic.com or the podcast places and, and you can look at the last thing Adidas did where they did a whole campaign with literal naked women uh, you know, promoting their clothing line, which is a paradox, first of all, and it's just gross and you don't need to do that. Um, and immodest. We talked about modesty a lot, right? You can go back and listen to that episode. If If that wasn't enough, now they're saying that trans women need, need to compete in women's sports. I was going to play the ad for you. I'm not going to play the ad for you. You can go and look for it if you want to. It's it's boring. It doesn't really mean anything. It's a bunch of people, ladies, dancing. I guess they're not all ladies, whatever. They're, they're kind of moving and dancing and stretching and doing all these things, right? And so the ad is called I'm Possible instead of Impossible, right? Again, they're good at words. They're good at marketing. It's very clever. Instead of impossible, it's I'm possible. It's very clever. And this is all about competing in women's sports as a trans woman. So I'm not going to play it for you. I will read for you the text that's in the ad. It's impossible. This is the quote of the text from the ad. It's impossible to take hold of the world's spotlight overnight. Create your own uniform. Be a cover model, a powerful athlete, or compete as a trans woman. Impossible? No. I'm possible. End quote. So that's what it is. So it's you know, power to women, power to women in women's sports, fine, that's great, whatever, uh, be a cover model, be a powerful athlete, or don't miss it, be, compete as a trans woman. That is not impossible, they say, no, I'm possible. Um, so Adidas, again, just going beyond the pale and saying, women's sports are great, you should compete in women's sports, you should win women's sports, all these things, especially if you're a biological male. What? It just seems so counterintuitive that we've we've gone off the cliff on this one and said trans women are women and they should compete in women's sports. And we'll talk more about the Leah Thomas situation demolishing every other women's swimmer because Leah Thomas is a biological male. About to go into the finals, the championships, probably may even go to the Olympics if all of this continues. Will 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 destroy the gold medal winners records for the women's swimming events because leah thomas again is a biological male so impossible no i'm possible because men and women are different why is this controversial why is this even an issue it apparently is an issue apparently is a big issue it's such a big issue that the some of the biggest clothing companies on the planet are pushing for this. So we have to understand this. And, and we'll, we'll continue looking into this because this goes into more than just sports. And, and I know that's where you see it a lot, but there really is a bigger and much deeper issue. And that is all about identity. And it's all about where do you get your identity? And do you get your identity from just 
who you think you are or does identity come from more and is reality real and is biology real and is your person real with a body and a soul or can you make yourself whomever you want and once you start saying can you make yourself into your own image or into whatever image you want all of a sudden that language starts sounding a lot like the garden of eden when the devil says you can be like god you can create yourself in your own image and you go wait that sounds a lot like the same kind of language that we're talking about here you can be whomever you want to be whether that's you want to be man and a woman and whatever uh, you can be whatever you want to be. And the problem here is that goes beyond reality. It goes beyond nature and it goes beyond God and it makes you into your own God. And then the culture is saying you have to, you have to believe that this is real or you're a bad person. So we're into a moral argument now that if you don't agree with this, you're a bad person. So either you agree with God and you agree with morality or you agree with the culture and these are at odds, 100% at odds and we're going to have to figure out like, you're going to have to figure out, do you want to follow after the culture or do you want to follow after God? That's why I started with the fact that we are at a fork in the road and we always have been but now it is very apparent. You either follow after God or you follow the culture. There is no middle ground, there is no middle way. You will not be liked if you choose one particular way, um, but you're going to have to choose for yourself. That's, uh, again, back to Joshua, one of my favorite passages. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right, let's move on from this because I could talk about that for a long time, and I don't want to. I just want to do a quick roundup to bring you up to speed in some of the things in the news. This one was particularly interesting to me because I like to see what other countries are doing. And, and, and America is important because, personally, I live here. Most of you do, too. But it's also interesting to see, well, what's going on around the world? And when other countries say America has gone too far, it may, it might, it might could, it might should cause us pause. It might, <laughs> it might spark something in us when I go, hey, another country is saying, I don't like what America is producing. Maybe we should not adopt those customs. You should go, uh, what? So France, <laughs> France, France, people, France, which has been the most liberal country, probably ostensibly for a century or more. It literally has been the, the most liberal country with the most liberal policies socially for generations, for almost centuries at this point. Um, if France is saying America is a little too free, a little too freedom-oriented, a little too licentious, right? Licentious would mean that you just allow whatever you want. It's it's this, you be you, you do whatever you want as long as you're not affecting me. If France is saying your freedom is actually so bad that it is affecting me and it is affecting my kids, maybe we should pay attention to this. So here's what France is doing right now. France is working through court orders to ban pornographic sites uh, because France asked these sites to give an age limit because anyone can watch this, especially children, which is bad. It's bad for anyone to watch pornography, but it's especially bad for children to watch pornography, and it's available to them wherever they want, whenever they want, through all of this smart technology. Side note to parents, don't let them have this smart technology unless you're specifically watching out for this because the garbage is literally everywhere. So France has said through court order that these companies cannot 
have any presence in the countries if they don't abide by these new age guidance rules. And so far, they haven't. Again, this is actually great news. It's great news that France is going to say, you know, cut pornography down a bit. I think that should happen everywhere. But it's also interesting culturally that if France, a country who has been way beyond America culturally and liberally for a long time, is saying, hey, look at America. We don't like what they're doing. Maybe we should do less of that cultural stuff. Like that should sound the hugest warning bells. But of course, we're not going to listen to them. We're just going to go off into the weeds and burn our country down at any rate that's what france is doing so pay attention to that all right another the cdc and and here's where i don't know if i'll get kicked off for these kinds of things but i'm just going to tell you what they say and i'm not even going to talk about virus things right now i'm going to talk about development the cdc and many of you have heard this but it's an important point and it's an important story that we need to watch out for many of you have heard that the cdc quietly changed their development milestones for children after this two-year government shutdown over a virus that largely did not result in the death of children. You can go and look up those stats. Those are not my stats. Those are CDC stats. I'm not even going to say any numbers. You can go look at the numbers of under 18-year-olds who have perished because of this virus, not the shutdown, the virus. So this two-year shutdown has hugely impacted the children under 18. Hugely. And I mean hugely. And I'm not going to get into all the statistics right now. You probably have seen this personally. You probably have heard it. You probably know teachers that are dealing with it right now. Things like masking them, things like lack of in-person education and shutdowns and lack of being able to express themselves to their family, friends, and others have left millions of children falling behind developmentally. And rather than admit the government messed this whole thing up, they're doubling down and changing their statistics to say that uh, it's the kids who are wrong and bad or something like that. Um, and I'll just give you one for the sake of time. You can go and look these up. They're on lots of, they're on the CDC website. They're on lots of different websites, these developmental milestones. One of the biggest, according to Parents Magazine, is the language development. The CDC delayed speech and language milestone to older ages. Here's one that was especially troubling to me, maybe because I like to talk. Before... The old guidelines suggested 24-month-old would say an average of 50 words. Now the new guidelines says a 30-month-old is 50 words. That may not sound like a big difference, you know, just a few months. But if you know any children and if you know how they develop and how they need to develop, I even have some young uh, nieces and nephews that are in this age range and I can see the development of their words, and it's it's exponential. It goes up so fast. Many of you know this. Many of you have kids. Many of you have seen kids. Maybe even work with kids. So they changed just six months. But this, uh, let me, who's this This person? This is, um, this is pediatric speech language pathologist Cassie Henson. She says, you actually should have about 450 words in between two and three. So that's the difference between 50 words and 450 words. That is a huge difference, right? That like 400 words is a huge difference. She goes on to say, I work in early intervention. So to have them make such a huge leap is really concerning because we already see too many pediatricians wait to see if the child might catch up. She worries the lowering of the language standards will encourage more wait and see approach from parents and doctors than will limit the opportunity for the children to get their services earlier. 
She also goes on to say that while it is correct that 24-month-olds should combine two words, it contradicts a previous statement of children at 30 months knowing 50 words because she says, quote, it's a well-known basis that you need at least 50 words before you can start combining two words. This is the difference, and you guys know this. This is the difference between a kid saying data, data, or mama, right? Or mom, I'm hungry, right? Those are different things, and you can see the difference in between those different things. That's a huge difference when in communication. And this expert says that if you only know 50 words, it's really hard to combine more than one word. You need hundreds of words to put words together. This just makes sense, right? So changing the guidelines doesn't mean that kids all of a sudden in terms of evolution, have lost the ability to learn how to speak. No, this means the things the government did to our society by shutting it down, by putting masks on kids, by not letting kids interact with other kids, by not letting kids be in person with other children has really messed them up across the country in huge numbers. And that's actually a really big problem. We need our next generation to grow into the men and women that God God designed them to be, and this culture has really, really blown up this whole thing. And again, the point, the larger point in from a Christian cultural perspective that I want to make is the government did this. This wasn't a virus that did this. The virus didn't kill a bunch of children so they don't know how to talk. The government shut the children out of schools, out of places, put masks on them when largely they were not affected by this. Again, look at the numbers. Don't believe me. And now the government says be, be, says that children are to blame, so we're just going to change the whole standard of measurement. Rather than saying, oops, I'm sorry we messed this up, which of course government's never going to do. Of course they're never going to do this. So if you had any doubt that the government did not have your best interest in mind and they were looking out for you and they just really wanted you to have your best life, if you had any doubt that they just want to take all they can from you and they don't care about you and they don't care about your kids and they're just wanting to take all they can and 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 leave nothing back if you had any doubts that that's really what was going on i hope those are alleviated at this point because families are the centerpiece of society the church is next the community is after that. That's how we have to build these things. Government would tell you otherwise. They want you to be a village and for everyone to raise their kids. There's this viral video going around. I didn't clip it, but you can find it or maybe I'll find it and post it another time of this lady uh, who said if parents would just let the government raise their kids more, then everything would be perfect. No, no, no. <laughs> the government does not have your best interest in mind. The government doesn't care about your children. Like, tell me that the government loves your child more than you love your child. Does anyone on the planet believe that? But that's how we're acting. I'm just saying, line up your actions with what you really believe. If you really believe you love your child more than anyone else on the planet, act like it. And don't let the government do this to your children. You have control. You can say, I want my child to grow. I want my child to grow in the ways and knowledge of the Lord. I'm going to personally step in and teach them if I need to. I'm going to sacrifice for my children because I love them more than anything else on this planet. And I'm going to sacrifice for them. If you're willing to say that and willing to do that, do it. That's it. That's as easy as that. Now, I know that's not simple. I know that's not easy. I know that does come with sacrifices. But what is worth more, this world or your children? I vote your children. I vote my children. My children are worth more to me than the government. 
we need government for certain things. This government has gone way beyond those certain things. So those were just a bunch of headlines that I saw. I want to now leave you with some Bible because we need to, right? Especially after those stories. I come back to this a lot and I just happen to be reading through it. So I'm going to bring it to you again. This is Matthew 6. I'm just going to read verse 34. You should read you should read the whole Matthew 6, but read Matthew 6, 25 through 34. This is Jesus telling you there's a lot going on in this world, but he's got it. This is verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry. I know this seems like some crazy stuff. It seems like the world is burning down. I've heard lots of people talk about World War III. I've heard people talk about the end times. I've like heard people freaking out and running around in circles like a chicken with your head cut off. You don't have to do that. Why don't you have to do that? Because Jesus reminds you he has got this. Earlier in this passage, he talks about the flowers of the field. He just gives you a great analogy to say, like, look, flowers bloom on their own, and God takes care of them. They don't have to worry about it. How much more does God love you and care about you? And for reference, look back to Genesis. He created the heavens, the earth, the flowers, the plants, the animals, and he said, there's more. Then he created man, then he created woman, and he said, now it is good. You are more important than anything else to God, and he loves you, and he cares about you. And Jesus reminds us, don't worry. So I hope that through all of this, and I do want to bring these stories to you. Sometimes I don't because sometimes I think, oh, it'll just be depressing and it'll just bring you down. But that's not the point. The point is we need to understand this world to be able to interact in it. But the bigger point, the bigger foundation is we have Jesus. We have God. If we follow after God and seek after God, we really don't have to worry about these things. We just have to know about them. Do you see the difference? You can know about it. You don't have to worry about it. So I hope that you can know about these things. I hope that you can interact with these things. I hope that fear does not paralyze you like so many people that are being paralyzed by fear these days. I hope that doesn't happen to you because you don't have to worry when you follow after Jesus. I'm not saying this world won't have trouble. I'm just saying Jesus has a better way. So we have the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These things come from God. They're not things you have to generate on your own when you plug into who God is. And if you're curious about how to do that, if you don't understand how to follow, you've got a whole book of scriptures here, a whole library of different people that have experienced God, that have had relationships with God, that tell you about it, including words from Jesus himself like this, that I hope inspire you and move you to have more faith and live a more righteous life. God bless. As always, keep the faith. We'll see you next time.